This is Bring Out Your Dad podcast. Welcome to the eulogy of Kissimmee. I want to start by thanking www.kissimmee.org for all the info provided in this episode. If you want to find out more about Kissimmee and the surrounding areas, check it out. That was www.kissimmee.org. So as we learned in the last eulogy, Florida's recorded history dates all the way back to the early 1500s. Of course, there were many Native American tribes living in Florida prior to Ponce de Leon and whoever else landed here to settle. The original Native American tribes were the Apalachee, Calusa, Choctaw, Creek, Miccosukee, Tequista, and Timucua. The very well-known Seminole tribe was actually a 1700s alliance of North Florida and South Georgia tribes that fought against the Europeans. The 1700s brought in new people and eventually obliterated all of the Native American Florida villages. So new tribes formed, and they would later include a youthful chief, Osceola. Yep, that's right. Osceola County, where Kissimmee is located, was named after a pretty fearless chief. So in 1728, Spain ended slavery in Florida. After that, um, American soldiers joined the Spanish to drive out the British. It sounds like everyone was fighting against those guys, but the British ended up taking control of Florida in 1763. Florida changed hands a couple of times between the British and Spain, and ultimately was granted statehood in 1845. So the 1800s, it was kind of just a small trading area. Um, After the Civil War, that whole area, Kissimmee, was bought by this guy named Hamilton Diston. He owned a saw company way up in Philadelphia, and he bought 4 million acres for 25 cents an acre. So that kind of sounds like the best real estate deal in history. This $1 million rescued the state of Florida from financial disaster. So in 1881, the Diston guy drained and deepened the Kissimmee River so that ships could navigate in from the Gulf of Mexico, which led to more trade. So using a chain of links, the steamboat shipped cargoes of cypress lumber and sugar cane. A little fun fact, moving in the early 1900s, they were, you know, trying out things like airplanes and other new inventions during a 4th of July celebration that was planned to welcome the residents of the new city of St. Cloud, which is right next to Kissimmee. The owner of a new flying school in Kissimmee planned his first flight to highlight the occasion. When it took off, the airplane hit a cow and was completely destroyed resulting in the drafting of an airship ordinance. Um, Seriously, this is the worst game of cow tipping I've ever heard of. So after that disastrous um, little flight and that poor little cow, Kissimmee's population started to grow by the 1920s. In the 1940s, the population had another huge boom after the construction of the Kissimmee Airport. This airport was built by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to prepare for the U.S. involvement in World War II. But I'm sure you can all guess when the next population boom happened. Yep, that's right. Disney World opened in 1971. Now, at that time, it was just the Magic Kingdom. But still, the legacy started. Right before um, Walt started building down here in Florida, he sent a bunch of his guys down and they started buying a bunch of property in and around Kissimmee. And they did this under the guise of 
different names so that nobody would catch on that Walt Disney was coming down to build something extravagant. Um, of course, when word finally got out, Walt had to pay a little bit of extra for that um, last bit of real estate because prices doubled after the after people started finding out who was buying up all this property. So um, Walt Disney died. He didn't get to see this project started, but um, the Disney company started building in 1967, and they opened doors in October 1971. And the rest is history. Well, I say that the rest is history, but there may be a little Disney history that most of you don't know. I know that Damien and I gave you a bunch of uh, stories of ghosts and ghouls around Central Florida and in Kissimmee. But there is one ghost that's pretty popular, and he lives in Disney World. So the legend goes that George was one of the first cast members that um, was working on Disney property. And he was welding something in the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. So um, George either fell to his death, was crushed, who knows? Who knows what the truth is? But they say George is still there. In fact, they've had so many incidences of footsteps in the control room, the ride breaking down, the just the weirdest things happening, um, phone calls from the control room when no one is there, that the cast members say good morning to George when they open the park and they say good night over the PA system. Because if you don't, George will be spooking whoever's there during that day. He's a mischievous little um, poltergeist. He likes to um, make the ride break down for long periods of time. Um, People have said that they've felt cold chills in the room that's burning. And they've even noticed him under his favorite hideout spot, the bridge with the pigs and the pirates hanging off of it. That's George's uh, place to chill. So next time you're in there, keep your eyes peeled for George. Well, that's it for the eulogy of Kissimmee um, and surrounding areas, including Disney World. Uh, Tune in next time. I don't know what we'll be talking about, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Until the next episode, you can catch us on Twitter at Bring the Dead Out, or you can catch us on Instagram at Bring Out Your Dead Podcast. And if you want to email us or correct me in anything that I've said tonight, because I'm pretty sure there's something, you can email us at plague doctors at bringoutyourdeadpodcast.com. Thanks, guys. See you next time. <laughs>